Welcome to Talking Jets. My name's Ryan, and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my co-pilot, Green Bean. How you doing, brother? Hey, what's happening, man? This is weird, just you and I, but we're gonna we're gonna have a good time, I think, Ryan. I think so. For those of you just coming in, make sure you hit that like button. We are flying without Matt today. Matt's going to see the Met game uh, with his cousin, so he's very excited about that. Wish him all the best. Hopefully, they win. Um, but yeah, we're going to be here talking a little bit of Jets for every 25 likes we get on that, uh, like meter. We're going to pick a qualifier for our t-shirt giveaway at the end of the stream. And if you're watching this after the fact, all you got to do is comment on the video and you get qualified in next week's t-shirt giveaway. Um, but right. yeah, going to be a lot of fun. A lot of things we can go into. Um, yeah. I'm like 10 week, uh, not 10 weeks, 10 days out from being a dad, possibly. We're like knocking down the door, like, knocking down uh -huh. the door. 10 days. So wait, you said it was June 11th was, or mm -hmm. what'd you say the day was the 11th? June 11th is the, like the expected due date. But I guess at this point it's right. kind of like, whenever you get the phone call, drop everything and run. <laughs> That's kind That's of right. where, kind of where my head's at. Yep. It's like, here it comes and it could happen in five minutes from now. It could, you know, you know what's going to happen, buddy. I'm going to be, we're going to be on stream and it's going to be like, oh, uh, Ryan, we got to go now. <laughs> like, I love you yeah, guys. Yeah. We got to go. <laughs> it's just, sorry. Ugh. Yeah. It's, you know what? I'm almost hoping for it. Not that I want the show to end or anything, but that would be some good TV, man. You know? It would be pretty funny <laughs> if It'd that wound up happening. But uh, I'm going to text Becca, see if she can pull this off for us. She, oh, she's going to like, like fool me. That's what's going to happen. She's going to be like, oh, I'll get him. And then I'll be like, don't do that <laughs> right it's not okay <laughs> yeah be like uh, no that's not yeah no let's hey edward ziff says blog the, fun. blog the birth <laughs> right i think you know, hey, you may, uh, something hold on i gotta get well, a close-up like, no you don't right <laughs> <laughs> you know i know uh you know i was just out there on the road with rvers full-time rvers and they're an mm -hmm. eclectic bunch right a lot of a lot more in many instances, a lot more crunchy, you know, like people mm -hmm. willing to, you know, either preppers or live in the on the earth and all kinds of shit. And there was one couple I made that YouTube, they, they are entire birth, close ups, everything. It's like a three hour wow. video or something like that on YouTube. Craig, I said, you don't, you don't mind. He's like, no, why would I mind? I'm like, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, I could think of a few reasons why I'd mind, but that's okay. <laughs> I it so all happens. escapes me. I, I couldn't think of any reason why that might be a little odd. But yeah, I, a little bit, a little different, a little different than maybe what I want to do tonight. Yeah, right. could you imagine <laughs> you know? just scrolling around YouTube, just clicking through things? Oh, look, Steve uploaded a video. Whoa! <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah, yeah, it'd be. Uh, you know, I don't know if I could watch it though. I've seen. Have you? Have you? like uh watched any like full live births and stuff like that have you done that yeah we had a few uh like birthing classes so we were watching watching right. and like i don't want to say participating but like they would ask us questions things like that show us different slides everything's virtual now so like we didn't do like the in class um my, what are they Lamont's oh, yeah, classes or virtual. whatever yeah uh, yeah we did breastfeeding so i learned a whole bunch about nipples that was cool that's right. It's totally different, right? With the latching and where it's not, it's more about the areola you learn. Dude, Isn't I was blown away. I was pretty positive that it was all about the nipple. 
Like I was yeah, at like a course. solid like hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about the nipple. It's not about the nipple at all. You, th- it's not. It's like you. Th- of course, why wouldn't we think it's about the nipple? But it's it, it's not. It's growing it's up. I was. It was like such a big deal about nipples and nipples. Not the nipple. Welcome to Jets. Or so nipple talk twenty four seven. I love it. This is good. <laughs> Kyle drops. Yeah, it says, is it too much to expect sauce? To- oh, I guess we got to start, start talking football now. <laughs> Oh, do we? Sorry, Kyle. Uh, oh, yeah, he goes, yeah. uh, is it too much to expect Sauce to have a similar season to Patrick Sertain? Um, I actually, I don't know where Sertain ended I'll up. I'll take a look. Let, Let me see. Let's see. Let's see what we got. Let's take a look. What's, uh, what's going on? Are you going to PFF? Uh, I'm just going to pro football reference. So he played yeah, in 16 right. games, started 15, had four interceptions, uh had a touchdown all right 14 passes deflected and had 58 combo tackles like 45 solo 13 assisting yeah. so so 58 total and one tackle for a loss you know yeah and the passes mm-hmm. defense he's only two behind Bryce Hall <laughs> interesting but that's a good season though four four picks one for t- he took one back for a TD too yeah, I don't think I that's unrealistic. Very right? happy yeah. if we wind up with four picks from Sauce. I'd be very happy year one. Yeah, me too. It's going to be nice to you know, like the idea of getting interceptions and stuff, or you know, and turnovers in general. It's an it's an area that we've lacked. Uh, you know, any real impact in in a long time. We've had our spots, like our little our little blips on the radar where we get a couple, but. Oh, by and large, the last five, ten years, it's been like, you know, that hasn't been a huge part of our game. We've always been mm-hmm. negative in the turnover uh, ratio. And it, it would be real nice to think that some of these guys that we brought on, you know, Jordan Whitehead causing fumbles, DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner uh, getting interceptions. And, and I mean, it'd be nice to be on that side of things for, for once. Yeah, right? Like, if you have a positive turnover ratio, nothing determines wins more than turnover ratio. And the Jets have been shooting themselves in the foot for the last, you know, 10 to 12 years with Mark Sanchez, Geno Smith, Sam Darnold. Last year, Zach Wilson gave up the ball a bunch. Um, So, yeah, if you can create – like, as much as it's been us shooting ourselves in the foot from an offensive perspective, like you kind of alluded to, the defensive side of the ball really hasn't, you know, carried its weight at all. I mean, when's the last time we had a season where we're like, wow, we're generating turnovers? Like, you should be able to get at least one a game. And I feel like the Jets just – have not been that i don't know what our you know number would work out to be but it's got to be pretty low no it was very low i mean we only our defensive backs uh they didn't have any until like what was it week 14 or something then Eccles had two picks um and ashton davis had two picks i think that's it for the defensive backs and then um J- jfm had a pick like a, a, a yeah, tip i was gonna say pick, one of our d and... linemen had it I, th- I think he yeah, was the so first did pick. Shaq, uh, yeah no or I maybe think Shaq, Shaq Lawson. Lawson I think Shaq, Shaq Lawson, Lawson was the first one yeah but th- I think that was it I think it's six picks last year mm-hmm. I think that's it maybe I'm wrong but I I don't I mean I feel like I can that's a bad sign when you can off the top of your head remember them and you know that's it's not good no that but you that, know that's like, pretty it, bad Ryan, we're, you know, look, we've been a pretty bad defense. I know the first year with Greg Williams, uh, we, we were able to uh, over, you know, kind of, uh, you know, we, we, we played better than we maybe we were supposed to. And for little periods of time there, we had some nice stats. 
but we were the number one rushing defense in the NFL for a little while. And then I think we ended up being top five or something like that. But that's one of those things that Jets fans have had to look at and kind of try to hang our hat on is being the like one of the best run defenses in the league over the years. But we all know, if, we, if we're just being honest, we know why that is. It's because they have no problem passing on us. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they screen like we last year, it was the, you know, live and die by the ability to cover the screen and, and then tight ends. We just couldn't do it. We just couldn't do it. So, yes, you know, maybe we have a, uh, you know, great run defense but they're fucking throwing for four or five hundred yards on us every game and that's the kind of thing so it would be real nice to see us kind of clamp down sure let's be good at, you know stopping the run and all that but it'd be nice to start seeing uh a little bit you know more stoppage uh, as opposed to eight ten minute drives some some stoppages and maybe even stoppages that are caused by turnovers like let's flip this damn field uh, you know, and uh, see what we can give the offense. I mean, that's the thing. We look at, you know, the offense and all their inadequacies, but like you were just alluding to, the defense hasn't done much to help uh, recently. Yeah, and think about those top positions, right? Like the, the the ones you want to generate turnovers. It's cornerbacks, which we've really been lacking in, and pass rushers that strip the ball away from the quarterback. Those are like the big areas, and we just have not had those since Revis and Cromartie. Um, really the last time we had some, some halfway decent, um, turnover generators. So I want to see more of that. I do think the, uh, pass rush will create more errant throws for the secondary to take advantage of. And like you said, the, the Jets defense being like a top run stuffing team, it's teams had leads on us. They were just eating clock. So like them running into a cloud of dust for two yards and eating, you know, 40 seconds off the clock, totally fine by them. So it, it, when you're selling out against the run, of course, you're going to be good against the run. Right. Um, yeah, it's been a weird one. I mean, of course, it means something. Of course, it's good. But when, you know, if, if they're just, do, you know, because they're not even, tra- you know, they don't care about the run because it's so easy to pass on us. Mm. That's, you know, you got to, that's what I always talk about. I talked about it in my podcast this week about like stats versus the story. You know what I mean? Like stats are great. And I think like, you know, we like to call them the nerds. Jet X has two straight podcasts where they call them the nerds. The nerds think this, the nerds think it's really funny. Uh, But it's like the analytics guys, right? And it's like, Mm -hmm. obviously analytics is very, very valuable. Nobody's saying otherwise. But I I really do think that a lot of these analytical mind people, I don't even know if they really watch football for the sake of football. They, it's Mm -hmm. all new, you know, numeric. And that to me, it's like, I don't know. I want to know why the stats, just like I'm talking about. Like, yes, mm-hmm. we had the great run defense, but let's look at a couple other things and find out, you know, that our defense actually sucks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Overall, like that's the kind of thing I, I like to look at here. And I'd like to see a more well-rounded. And look, if we just get up to like, you know, 20th, you know, 18th defense, something middle of the pack, I would be really happy with that improvement. Yeah, you look at where we were in like basically every category last year. And like you said, these guys just have their head in the numbers and they're just putting out info. And then it's it's up to guys like you, me, JetX, Matt, you know, all the, all the guys in the content creator sphere to create some context around those numbers. So I think there, totally. there's definitely value in getting those analytics because if they're looking at it as just a plus one, minus one, zero kind of grading scale, then at least there's a standardized thing for it, but then you could find trends like 
okay, this is weird. Why is this guy higher than that guy? Was it injury? Was it, um, you know, scheme was different. I don't know. Could be a lot of turnover on the yeah. defense. Like maybe the guys in front of him were playing poorly. He had more responsibility in other, you know, areas. It's it's tough to kind of get a read on. Like CJ Mosley to me last year didn't play bad, but his PFF grades were all oh, not yeah, that good. Him. And it they felt more like a, a side effect of a bad defense overall and, and just, you know, not a lot of talent around him than it was just on CJ himself. Well, right, dude. We watch the games, right? So we see the guy flying all over the place. He's, you know, he's one of a handful of guys in on most tackles. I mean, there's a, you know, PFF doesn't necessarily have a measurement for that, you know? So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. It's like that he's a derivative of maybe everything else, and he suffered because of it. A really fun one is Zach Wilson, too. You know, when you just like some, you know, some, you know, whether it's a layman fan or, you know, somebody who's just looking at numbers, somebody who doesn't watch the Jets and they just go through the stats uh, and they go, God, this guy is terrible. What could you possibly think? But when you look at the story of this guy, when you look at the fact that the first quarter of the season, he was a rookie season, he was a number one sacked, rushed, hurried, hit quarterback in the NFL. He also had uh, numerous drops that led to picks and and all kinds of that, you know, that sort of stuff. Rookie offensive coordinator. Like when you start to stack those things on top of each other and then you go through the season and you see the areas that 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 he was able to mitigate negatives, you know, like a, a big one is the turnovers, right? Like he went from 11 interceptions or what was it? 10 interceptions, his first, yeah, I don't know, nine yeah, games. Like- and, like and, and then it was, yeah, it was one, one in the last six. And and that's a huge, huge difference. And it's like, if you pay attention to all that stuff, you can have hope and, and you can have legitimate hope. If you don't, if you just like, you know, take a moment and like peek in the window and go, oh my God, what are they talking? That guy's the worst I've ever seen. But that's the thing. He's a real fun one, man, because there's lots of different things you can look at. And then the guy comes back this year. And he and he put on. Uh, he he said he was two oh eight last season. He was playing mm-hmm. at two oh eight, and he came to camp this year at two twenty one. And uh, he said it's mainly because of nutrition, which mm-hmm. is fascinating to me. Um, so anyway, it's like all right. Now we saw with the turnovers, we saw him start to understand the offense. We're seeing him in his first NFL offseason put on you know x amount of pounds. Looks like most of it's muscle, if not all of it. And it's like okay. You know, why, what are we going to see with this guy this year? We gave him all the weapons. We're going to protect him. So we, we took a, a, a lot of our, of our assets and put it into directly removing the issues that he dealt with last year. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the sacks. Wide the, receivers right. dropping balls. Depth tight of running ends. back. Tight ends, yes. Right. Like our whole offseason, especially where the offense is concerned, was it could literally be called the Zach Wilson offseason. We mm-hmm. we plugged every single thing that was giving him a hard time, except for Mike LaFleur. Like we know we're hoping that he can <laughs> he can build on Mike LaBooth, you know. But it's an he's interesting. He's an interesting test study. There was a really good video. I'll send it to you later, man. I mm-hmm. forget who put it out. Somebody I'm not really uh, into, but he said actually Zach was one of the best. He's going to be the, one of the best quarterbacks this year, and it's really fantastic 
Um, you know, Braden from New Zealand, Mark Riz, those guys know. It's actually in my Discord with the Patreon. Somebody put it up there. I think it was Iowa. Uh, but anyway, I'll get that to you later so you can see it, Ryan. It's fantastic, man. Hell yeah. I, you know, that reminds me. We'll get through uh, Liberal Irishman's comment and Thomas Cahill's comment in just a few seconds. I have uh, Chris Sims talking about his top 40 quarterbacks and where Zach Wilson ranks. So once we get through wow. these comments, we'll we'll throw that on and we'll kind of give our thoughts. It's like an 11-minute long video, so we'll kind of pause it in between and just digest it as it kind of goes. And you guys can chime in along with things that pop up as well. We'll read that as it, as it comes up. Uh, Liberal Irishman celebrates 15 months of membership. Says, could yeah. Bryce Hall move to safety? Love you guys. We love you, Irishman. Um, I don't really want Bryce Hall to move to safety. I think there's a lot of other potential like position changes that could happen with guys going to safety. And I feel like Bryce presents a really nice depth or what word am I looking for? I think he provides very nice depth at cornerback as opposed to moving him over to safety. What are your thoughts? I know you're a big Bryce Hall guy. Yeah, I, I am. Um, and uh, if you look at last year, man, I mean, the one thing that people knock him on is that he didn't come down with with interceptions, which is fine to knock him. You would have liked to see him uh, come away with some. But he was very, very solid last year. Don't forget, we we put the cornerbacks literally on an island. We had no pass rush. Uh, we had no linebackers. So um, it was a hard time for those guys. I was I was really... Uh, I was impressed, for lack of a better word, I was impressed by how well Michael Carter, Bryce Hall, and Brandon Eccles did. Um, but as far as moving Hall to safety, I've been tossing this one around in my brain for a couple of weeks now. It gets brought up uh, every now and again. And the, here's the thing. He, he's never played safety, and we have guys on the squad that have, right? So, you know, even like we see in OTAs that Jason Pinnock is getting the starter reps uh, and Bryce Hall, interestingly enough, is getting the starter reps at cornerback. I wouldn't make too much about it. He was the starter. He's, he's going to be the starter until Sauce uh, earns it, you know, and I think that's the right way to handle it. But we don't know exactly how many times they're going to want to be in the dime packages or, or big nickel and have more cornerbacks than safeties. Like, for example, we, we all look at the free safety position and we're thinking it's kind of a weakness. We don't really know what LaMarcus Joyner is. We don't really know what Jason Pinnock, if he can really do it, you know, we got Elijah Riley, you know, a couple guys, but what if the plan seriously is to have sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, Michael Carter, Bryce Hall, Jordan Whitehead on the field. Like, uh, do we have a problem with that? I mean, those are, those are four really good cover guys and a thumper. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know. So, you know, again, I, I just think that uh, Bryce Hall is incredibly valuable. Even if he's not going to be our starter, it would be nice to have, if somebody goes down, mm-hmm. to drop to Bryce Hall instead of dropping to Perry Nickerson. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. what we've been used to. So I, I think he probably could do it, Ryan, or and, and Irishman. I think he could do it, and I think he would do it. But I don't know. I think his value is really at um, at cornerback. Uh, Thomas Cahill drops in with another cornerback question, says, Hey guys, where do you think Javelin Guidry stands on this defense? In my mind, when I watch him, I see him as like backup slot corner. I don't, I don't know where you're at with him, but that's kind of where I sort of envision him being. Yeah. Well, look, I'm not the biggest Javelin Guidry fan to, to begin with. I really didn't like his college tape. 
But I will tell you that uh, he has impressed me because I, I had him so low on my brain. I didn't even think he'd be here uh, this long. Now, this staff seems to like him. We do know he's super crazy fast, right? He's like a lightning bolt out there. So that has value. And uh, I think he has shown one of the things that I was really hardest on him for was I called him, it's called a sidestepper, you know, a tackler mm-hmm. that lets the guy get to him and kind of jumps on his back instead of like meeting him and, and, and you know, taking him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he, I mean, he made some really nice open field tackles this year. But I, I got to say, I agree with what you said. Like my ceiling for Javelin Gidry would be like backup uh, nickel. You know, like that's that's what I think. But they had him playing outside last year a couple of times. And we saw against mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs, um, he came in. They decided to put him, I think Eccles or whoever got hurt. They put Javelin Guidry on the outside on Stefan Diggs. They threw it one time. He beat him, but he I guess he stepped out of bounds in the end zone. And they just did the mm-hmm. exact same play again, beat him again. And uh, he scored a touchdown on him. So, I mean, I don't know. I think putting him on the outside would probably be a mistake unless it's necessary, like it's a necessity move. Um, and I think if, look, if they like him back up, but I'd love to see an upgrade there. I'm not the biggest, I don't have that much confidence in him. Uh, Edward Ziff says, I can't think of the last time a, t- a team did such a massive refurbishment in one off season. Can you guys think of one? Hmm. I mean, the, I the rebuild mind. jump from the Bengals last year is probably the most jarring. But when I'm thinking of teams that went from like awful to really good, like real quick, the one that kind of jumps out at me and I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some other ones in there, but it's the saints right when they got drew Brees, they got Reggie Bush. That city was just torn down from Katrina, the hurricane that ripped through there. And I just remember them going from the Aints and like literally losing like any game they could go up against to like this team's going to be really frigging good for like a long time. Um, what about you? Is there a, a team that you can kind of think of that did a really big refresh? Like worst to first kind of a thing? Maybe. Uh, well, the the Niners a couple years ago, they had the second That's overall pick. They were, you know what I mean? And they went right to the Super Bowl after that. So that was that was interesting. I mean, even though they weren't as bad, it was, there were some injuries and stuff. It wasn't yeah, it was necessarily Jimmy as G bad, hurt, right? Because they had traded yeah. for him. And I think he tore his Achilles or his ACL he or did. something. Right. So they, it was like you could see that, you know, they, were, they weren't necessarily as bad as their record. But still, they were the second overall pick. That's not the 10th overall pick. You know, that's a major mm-hmm. slip. And they came right back and went to the Super Bowl. I don't know. I'm finding it difficult to find any of them. I mean, usually it's like two, three years. Um, you know, and even with the Bengals, I mean, let's not forget, Joe Burrow was in his second year last year. It's mm-hmm. not it's not a it's not a first year, you know, and, and they had they, you know, Jonah Williams and, and uh, you know, and uh, T Higgins like those guys were there two to three years. I mean, they've been. Mm-hmm friggin rebuilding since the 90s bro so um and and if if we look at um last year was the third year for this head coach um Mm -hmm. and you know with that team so you could say that it was their third year that that did it they're not it's not quite a worst to first even though they had that whole collapse at the end of the year and they weren't all that good um i think they're they're you know a lot of people like to say that they had a one-year jump it's just it's just not true yeah scotty says uh, the, the Manning Colts was a good one. I would argue the, 
luck Colts as well. I would think both those, they went from literally the first overall pick to, I think it was a playoff team that first year. Yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. Cause they, they, what an intro, what a, you know, I was so mad at the Colts. Like they, they, you know, they get Peyton Manning when he should have been ours, by the way, I want to make sure everybody knows that, that, he was our quarterback. That was all supposed to be us. And it wasn't. So I never liked Peyton Manning. He goes over there and, and then he has this great career. And then he gets hurt. The one year he gets hurt, they're one in 15 and they get Andrew Luck. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, the fuck is, what, what, you know, how, what the is rich this? Get richer. <laughs> right. That's how uh, I felt about the Packers know, too. Like after Favre come, like yeah. leaves eventually, I was like, oh good. You know, whatever. Who cares what's next? And then. Friggin' Rodgers. And then Aaron, they get Aaron Rodgers, you know, who they sat. Wasn't it three years that he sat behind mm-hmm. Favre? Yeah. Uh, see, man, that's They'd something. never do I mean, that look, I, No. And look, the way that the rookie contracts are structured, now, I know it kind of changed that, you know, it's really important because, uh, yeah. look, contracts have skyrocketed the past decade, especially the quarterbacks. But I, I still think it's more beneficial for these guys. Like, we like to mm-hmm. throw a guy right in there his first year, and if he's not awesome, we're literally talking about him being a bust. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't – this whole new way of doing it, I mean, if it is, it is, right? If that's what everybody's going to do, it's what everybody's going to do. But I still think it is much better and safer to, like, give guys their three years. If you mm-hmm. can buffer them for a year, go ahead and do that, man. Let them learn. Let them, you know, get up. This is the the best in the world. Like, can we just give them a second to adjust to this level of talent? But, um, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. The, that That's a good one. The, the Colts. Uh, the Niners is the only one I could really think of. I think even the Bills, like it took them a few years. Yeah, that was like a three-year uh, rebuild. Yeah, three years. Um, I would the say Patriots. So you mentioned the, uh, you know, the, the jump going from, you know, Rodgers and everything like that and why teams don't do that anymore. And you look at the collective bargaining agreement that was in place when Aaron Rodgers was drafted. That was when the rookie quarterbacks and those top draft picks really got a ton of money for unproven yeah. talent where now it's the opposite. Now they don't, I mean, they get paid a lot. It's fully guaranteed, but it's not, it's, it's nowhere near what it was no. with those first few rookie, like towards, I would say the last like eight years of rookie quarterbacks coming out before they changed it was like really jarring. So to get, what was Rogers 22nd, 24th, something like that. It was like mid, mid twenties or so when he was taken, um, yes, yeah, for him like to that. sit three years, it was to the benefit of the Packers because they didn't have the fifth year option. I think it was just a five year contract. So going into year four, you now have two years for him to like prove himself. So that the first year, I don't remember the stats offhand for those two, but he got like a band aid contract. So you almost like get the benefit of not having to pay the skyrocketing contract by having your quarterback sit a little bit. Um, so his second deal wasn't so bad, which is why there's so much emphasis on the money he's getting paid now is because he's, he's kind of making up for lost time in a sense, uh, because of it. Yeah, that's a funny thing. Um, and you're, and you're right. You know, um, the, the whole, um, like, uh, you know, number one with Aaron Rodgers sitting, like it clearly was to his benefit, but, but right the way that it was who's the quarterback that 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 comes to mind when you think about those skyrocket like you like you're the first or second or fifth overall pick and they would hold out and they would have to yeah. get paid like they mm-hmm. already had you know successful NFL careers who's the who's the one quarterback that comes to mind when you think about that era 
when I think of quarterbacks holding out, well, the the one player that like jumps that, off that period of time, yeah. So, so so the one player that jumps off the page at me is Michael Crabtree because I think he missed like half the season waiting to get a contract and then he finally signed. Um, but other quarterbacks, now I got to think for a second. Well, I'll tell you the one that I'm thinking of, and it's yeah, Jamarcus yeah. Russell. Ooh, that's Jamarcus a good one. Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, like so he got this massive contract. Uh, and he and he literally did nothing, and they were locked in for X amount of years and the whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, but so I was actually a big fan of them having standard salaries for the draft position. I think that's fantastic, mm-hmm. and they should never change that. But I mm-hmm. think like this fifth year thing, like you know, to wanting to get quarterbacks, you know, like to know what they are and try to win during mm-hmm. that window has become just so much more entrenched in the in the zeitgeist of the of the NFL it's like we everybody knows it you got to do it now so mm-hmm. it's like sitting a guy when you got him for 5 years you have that 5 year window sitting him for any length of time mm-hmm. is almost seen as like um you're you know, giving up your mistake. Super Bowl window yeah right yeah yeah if the and Jets, it's if, if Zach Wilson takes this step forward this year that we're all thinking he's going to make next year starts the Super Bowl window you have essentially three years after this year, maybe four, if like the contract kind of, you know, doesn't hit a big cap hit that first year or something like that. But you really have three years with Zach while you have the benefit of the rookie contract to get a Super Bowl. That's why it's so critical and why teams are like, I don't know. It's just, there's a, there's so much Buffalo Jet fans said Sam Bradford got like 45 trillion or no, $45 billion, $595,939,595. Yeah, Sam Bradford got a bucket load of money to like not really Sam play Bradford. a lot of games. <laughs> and I like Sam Bradford so much too. Like he was so he was I. one of those quarterbacks when they when the Rams got him. Mm-hmm. I thought without question said this is this is the guy. Like this yep. is that guy. Like he's that good. And when you watched him, you could see it. I mean, he was so talented. His thing was injuries. Yeah, you know, he was at that, Oklahoma uh, with uh, AP, I think, right? Adrian Peterson. I th- you know I what? So. I don't I don't know. I know it was close well, at know, that time. What wasn't it three times for first round picks? Is isn't there a record or something like that with him? Maybe Buffalo. He was knows. traded for three first round picks total. It was like it was yeah. the Rams drafted him. He was traded to the Eagles. And then I think he was traded from the Eagles to the Vikings for a first. And then I think he went to like the the Cardinals for some picks too. He got yeah. traded a ton of times. Yep. And, and he's really like good. How, if he stayed healthy, he would have been fine. If, if he stayed healthy, he was legit, dude. He was legit. He had everything you wanted in a quarterback except for the fact that he's he doesn't stay on the field. <laughs> So let's so jump good. into some other stuff that we have to talk about. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. I I, I said we were going to talk about the uh, the Zach Wilson thing, but I, w- <laughs> I want to bring up a, a, an article that I saw that really drove me a little bonkers, and it was the uh, Jets lost the Jamal Adams trade. Did you catch this article at all? Uh, I, you know what? I didn't read it on purpose, <laughs> but but I uh, I won't give it my one click. Uh, but I did see it. I saw some reactions. I saw it's just a. I don't know. Yeah, I. Dude, I, I had one person I I mean, very upset with me that I, I didn't. I had one person very upset with me that I didn't link the article down below my video, and I was like, I don't want to give this guy any more clicks than he's got. But I guess I'll give yeah. him clicks because I'm ranting about this stupid thing. Well, that's okay. Look, talking about something is different than clicking. You know what I mean? 
So at least that's what I tell myself. <laughs> Dude, they were trying to justify like, oh, the, you know, Jamal Adams, he's an all pro. He's made three pro bowls or whatever. And, you know, he's the safety yeah. sack leader. It's like, yeah, okay. Well, Connor McDermott caught a touchdown. I'm pretty sure he led all tackles and touchdowns last year. That doesn't mean we're going to fucking crown this guy <laughs> like the greatest right. tackle in the league for doing something he's not really meant to be doing. Yeah. Let's be real here for a second. Um, Jamal Adams did all that for while he was here. I mean, he went over there. He was a second team all pro. If I, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. um, the, the first year that he was over there and he played okay. Um, he got the sacks and everything, but he also had, he was got, how, how many touchdowns was he burned for and everything? Uh-oh. Green bean. You there? No. This stream is brought to you by not Optimum Online. No, I have Optimum, and it sucks. <laughs> and they just dropped me. It's terrible. Sorry, boys and girls. For those of you that are still hanging out with us, thank you. Much appreciated. For those of you that don't even realize the stream clicked off, maybe you're watching this later on in a My Mix or something like that, and it just pops in. That's all right. Very excited for all you guys that hopped in for part two. We got Kevin C., Scotty, Jets Forever, Captain K., Matt Curtis, Twisted, Mark Reed, Lou Schneider, Jay-Z, Jets fan, and Mark Riss. You guys are awesome. All right, just... um, so we were talking a little bit about the the whole safety issue with like Jamal Adams and oh, yeah. uh, the trade <laughs> and, and whatnot. And this crazy clickbait article, if you want to call it an article, it's probably no different than, you know, me ranting about something stupid that uh, another team did. But yeah, dude, this article was like all over the place. They were talking about how like, oh, he won. He went to three Pro Bowls and like, this is why he's so good. Like the Jets got Elijah Vera Tucker and he regressed in 2022. And I was like, regressed. 2022 hasn't happened yet. That's like he can't yeah, regress. It's crazy. It's first year. Who wrote the article? Is it somebody legit? No. No, no, no. It's it's the twelfth man, something or other. Twelfth, twelfth man. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, yeah. It was from twelfthmanrising.com. Todd Vandenberg, the guy, <laughs> the picture of the guy that wrote it is it's it's pretty funny. He's a very uh, jolly, happy looking guy. Seems like he's drinking the the Seattle uh, rainy city bitch bird Kool Aid, but um, not great. Not great. Not, not Vanderberg? Vandenberg. Not Vanderberg. Van -e, e. If you type in 12th man, if you type in, actually, if you go to Jet Nation forums and you look up, sorry, Jet fans, we lost the Jamal Adams trade. That's the uh, the thread that's going on. I think it's on the front page. Yeah. So this this guy, like I've never heard of these guys before. Obviously. Well, they're Seattle, so it is what it is. But um, all we did with reacting to this is make his career. That's what we oh, just did. He's going to be did. so happy. He's going to be like, oh, I, yeah, I don't care that. how much these Jet fans hate us. I've got the clicks. Yeah. Right? That's right. And Jets fans are number one in the NFL for feeling like we need to respond. I yeah. can't let this one float down the river without throwing rocks at it. Like, Dude, that's we how we are. Triggered mindset on it. Hey, I'm guilty of it. <laughs> 
It happens. I've my yeah, last yeah. three videos that I've made that were not live streams. Brady Quinn, <laughs> Stephen A. Smith, this Jamoke. Like, come on. Oh. Wow. Yeah, it's just know. it's a crazy thing. Now look, the like I was this is what I was saying before we got cut off, right? I was saying the only reason that Seattle, a successful team with at the time the franchise quarterback, uh franchise wide receivers, you know, like the, they looked at Jamal Adams as the final piece. That's why you trade two first round picks and move a fourth to a third round pick. That the only reason you do that is because you think this is the guy that's going to change the team. They thought he was a culture changer. They thought he was going to amplify and raise the play of the whole defense because of how much he talks and the whole thing and his energy. And here's here's what happened. Instead of them going to the Super Bowl twice, they have completely imploded. Uh, they went, you know, one and done in the playoffs that year. So that was just like riding what they already had left. Jamal Adams did very little to help that team uh, that year. He got his sacks. So, I mean, not, not to say he did nothing, right? Jamal Adams is a good football player. But as far as what they expected, since the Jamal Adams trade, they have completely imploded. They do not have a quarterback anymore. They have an entire roster filled with names nobody knows. Bobby Wagner's not there anymore. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's a completely different team. They had the 10th overall pick last year. So I don't think it worked like whatever you want to say. AVT's an unproven commodity. Uh, Garrett Wilson's an unproven commodity. That's, that's all well and good. You have that for right now. Well, let's but talk about the would... proven commodities, right? Like the proven commodities. Not only did they get Jamal Adams, they gave up a four year, $70 million contract to keep him in Seattle. Uh. And right. they lost DJ Reed. We took DJ. You could almost add DJ Reed to that trade because they were unable to sign him and retain him a top 10 corner in last year's game. Incredible. Now on the Jets. That's a good point. Right? That's a good point, man. AVT, yep. Garrett Wilson, and DJ Reed for basically what wound up being Jamal Adams and Kobe Bryant. Oddly enough, the, the cornerback opposite Sauce Gardner at Cincinnati. Yeah, which I like Kobe Bryant. I've talked so about him I. a few times. I, I I actually like him. But, right, and that's such a good point. Like, dude, let's be real here. Jamal Adams did nothing that first year in Seattle to warrant being paid the, as the number one safety in the NFL. What did cause them to sign him is they could not possibly have given away two first-round picks and a third and Bradley McDougal and not resign the guy. And don't forget, Seattle's already done that. Seattle with the Sheldon Richardson trade, they gave us a second round pick and Jermaine Curse. And then one year, like he played that year and they didn't resign him. So they've mm -hmm. already been there. They've already felt that heat. Like, how do you make that trade and then not even resign the guy? If you know, did you not vet him? Did you not know what you were getting? They signed Jamal Adams to that contract because they felt they had to sign Jamal Adams. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Benji Unger says, do you guys think we'll ever get our logo at midfield? It's so embarrassing. No, and look, I don't, I guess because I've been to so many what Jet games. What's that, that midfield kind of, for us? Well, I, well, that's just it. Like, I, it doesn't really bother me at all because, like, I don't mind seeing the NFL logo in the middle of the field. I don't mind seeing the Jets at the end of the, the thing. Like, for me growing up watching games, it never really occurred to me that, like, our logo is supposed to be in the middle. It's just, like, a logo. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, you know, whatever. Uh, I, don't know. I, I, I can't say it's that embarrassing. Do you feel a different way 
than I do. Like, would you like to see our logo in the middle as like as a staple as opposed to the NFL logo because we're sharing the stadium? Um, no, I'm with you. I never really gave it too much thought. I, I guess I could see where he's coming from, though. I mean, you look at Dallas, you look at, you know, mm. a lot of the other teams, they have their logo at center field. So, yeah, I, I could see it, man. Totally. You know, I guess that would come with having your own stadium. Uh, they don't have to change it every 15 minutes. Um, but yeah, I, it never bothered me. You know, do you remember when the Jets, um, when we had the red Garden State Meadowlands thing in the middle? You remember that? Remember no, that I don't remember, you don't that, remember at all. that. I don't know when that would have been. I mean, that had to be pre ninety seven, probably. That's I would say my my really like knowledgeable like remembering of Jet games start happening around ninety six or so ninety six ninety seven. Let me see here. I'm I'm gonna find it and, and give you here. Well, here's what it is. Here's a, you can kind of see it there. Let me see. Here, I'll give you this one. You can zoom it in. This is what it used to be. You can see it's funny. This is me. This is the Jets game. Um, let me. Uh, oh, can I put a picture in your in the in the private chat? Is that a, can I do that? If it's got a link, I should be able to show it. I mean, you could probably let share a screen. Let me see if I can do this. So this was the. Oh, here, I'll just send <laughs> the rankings. Send you I was going to pull up. I think you can probably actually. It'll probably share it as a full screen image. I share the screen. Did you share this? Oh. Hold on, let me no, I'm saying, is that what you're saying? I just, I put the link in oh, there if you I want got to. You. I got you, that. I got you, I got you. Okay, and it's okay. like a smaller picture, but you can enlarge it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let me see what so I So you got. look Let's in the middle. Is that what I see? Oh, interesting. Yeah, you see that? That's what, that's what I remember. It's like, it's weird for some reason. That's like when he said, uh, wow. you know, we don't have our logo. I was thinking, what's in there? I was thinking that. And no that's probably 30 way. years Dude, ago. I definitely don't remember <laughs> that. No. That's yeah, still what I, I think is there. That's how burnt and broken my brain is. Interesting. Very interesting. So now it's just an NFL. Yeah, you know what? I think uh, I think you raise a good point, man. I'm now upset about it. I'm pissed. I want my <laughs> logo I'm in pissed. there. Tell me what I should be <laughs> mad at. I didn't know I needed to be mad at things until you told me. That's right. I forgot Talk to be mad at this one. You know what I did like though, Ryan? Uh, I liked when they changed when we wear our black uniforms that they changed the field to black, like the end Ooh, zones. I do like that. that, that I like nice. that too, man. I didn't know I was gonna like that, but when it happened, I was like, "Ooh, I like that. That's mean. We got our asses kicked that game. Remember? <laughs> we were so excited. <laughs> it was the first <laughs> the black. Was that the was that the Browns game that we? I black? feel like it. Um. It had to be. I think it was a home game, and I don't think the Browns game was home. You know what? I, I now I don't, I don't remember. I feel uh, someone will tell us. Someone will correct it in the chat. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, well, let, let, well, let me ask you this: If we had our logo at the center of the field, um, what would it be? I guess that that New York. I guess it's got to be like it. our actual logo, like what it yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now. New York Jets. Yeah, with the football. I, right, I got you. Okay. I honestly, I think yeah. I, I think I like the the NFL Shield a little bit better because I, I feel like what? the then Jets. Well, like so the the green jet logo in the middle. I'm sure they could do it a different way, but like that's kind of the same color as the grass. Like it's like very like it's no longer the hunter green anymore. It's that like pop a color green, whatever that's called. Yeah. Gotham green. 
Gotham green. But I mean, but the white outline definitely white helps. Outline like, helps it. Yeah, yeah for the oval. Yeah, I would like to see that too. Who who did this question? Let me let me see who that is. That was who, who did uh, it again? That was Benji. Benji, Benji. I, you know what, Benji? I'm with you, buddy. I wouldn't say I'm embarrassed, <laughs> but I'm yeah. I'm with. Why can't we get nice things? What is I this? I want nice things. Right. Well, I like nice stuff. That's all right. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you saw this, guys. Pro Football Focus released their box safety or box strong safety tier. Buda Baker, number one. No issues there. Guy's a phenomenal safety. Number two, we got our boy, Jordan Whitehead. There he is. You see who's that number three green bean? Can you read that for me? Yeah, I heard of him. That's Jamal Adams right there, I think. Isn't he supposed to be like really good, like $17 million a year good? But they say, they they say he's the best in the world. He's the greatest in the nation. Or the best in the nation, right? Didn't you say that? I'm the best in the nation. That So I, I found out that, that was as goofy as that was for him to say. I found out he was actually paying tribute to like a recruit. I don't remember what state it was in. It might've been Georgia. Um, but like, I think the, the recruit, passed away and he had like an interview in high school saying i'm the best in the nation (laughs) and it was like something goofy like that so from what i heard it was like a tribute to that but like yeah i wonder if the kid said something else i wonder if he would have felt obliged to say it you know what i mean that just gave him the no if he said i stink there's no way jamal yeah i'm the worst jamal adams yeah exactly he wouldn't feel so compelled I'm the worst in the world. I'm terrible. Think say that. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that would fly. I don't know if you saw yeah, this. I mean, do you see what's this? That? So uh, Jermaine Johnson went to uh, City Field to see a Met game, and yeah! I'm pretty sure it's Zach Wilson. Is that Zach Wilson? Oh over yeah, there? Uh, that's Zach right. Wilson. Yeah, look at Zach. Look, look at Zach at right go. there. Ah, sorry. That's a. It's a young. Young baby face Zach Wilson joke. Sorry, guys. That's right. That's okay. He's cute. He's cute, just like our boy. He's Zachy adorable. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson is not a real jet. Says, we're going 11-6, and six, and we're sweeping Miami and splitting both New England and Buffalo. Zach Wilson has a breakout season. So this is a nice little segment to go into the, the screen that I have up right now, which now looks terrifying <laughs> on, this, uh, on this screen share. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chris Sims. So uh, I hope we go 11 and six and I hope we sweep the fins. I hope we split at least with New England Buffalo. That would be very nice. So Keyshawn, I'm, I'm totally on board. Uh, but I want to watch and kind of digest Chris Sims top 40 quarterback rankings. And this is him talking about Zach Wilson at number 22 on his rankings. And we'll, we'll kind of touch, touch and go. If you have something to say, just chime in. I'll, uh, I'll pause the video while it's going. We'll kind of discuss it, see what's going on. In the, in the class. class. Say the rookie bill, 2021. Someone, someone else moved into year, year two. And, two and, and someone, someone you had rated number one. one. Yeah. Rookies last year. Yep. Yep. I, I know. It's it's, oh, it's it's my bias. I can't help it. All right. <laughs> Zach Wilson. That's right. Zach Wilson coming in at number 22. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Just like the two guys, the rookies before him, 
arrow pointing up mm. big time. From 27 like, to 22. I mean, hey, Lawrence Fields, Wilson, they have the type of talent that it, it's a good year, and they put it together where they could be top 10-ish, no doubt about it. Their talent is of that. Zach Wilson, all right, out of all these guys, first off, his arm is the best of the group. There's no doubt about that. I mean, and then, you know, Agreed. I watch these guys back-to-back, and I even watch them back-to-back again this morning because just before I come out here, I go, let yeah. me see if something else jumps out at me or, you know, just something. That, oh, wait, I forgot. Oh, let me write that down. Yeah. That's a good point, whatever. So, so And then and I come away every time after doing it and going, damn, Zach Wilson, is, the ball flies off his hand sometimes. I mean, absolutely flies. All the talent you saw that made like you rank him one ahead of Lawrence. Right? Like, Not you, a lot of people doing that. Like, like, man, you saw it show up last year. Saw it show up. Saw it show up in all these guys a little bit. You know, again, that's where I would, last year I kept saying, like, let's pump the brakes. Let's just look at the talent and what they got. Oh, wow. He looks like he belongs. He belongs. He's making plays to show he belongs. Let's not over-evaluate the quarterback rating and the wins, losses, and all that. There's a lot of things that play into that, like his shitty-ass defense and the fact that in some games he had no receivers. <laughs> Braxton Berrios was his number one receiver coming down the stretch at the end of the year. You know, So you got to take all of that into account. Here's what I'll say about Wilson. One, yes, the arm is the most talented of these guys we talked about. His, his, his arm is, is real top-end, like some of the best quarterbacks in the league-type talent. He's got a tremendously quick release, and he can flick the ball and throw the ball with great power from very awkward positions. Here's the other reason I got him ranked first as far as these quarterbacks. To me, he was managed the least out of these quarterbacks that we've talked about so far. They ran a real NFL offense and asked him to really read plays like a little bit more of a mature uh, veteran quarterback might have been compared to some of the guys we talked to already. Yes, and he was asked to make throws that where there were to me as an ex-quarterback and I know other quarterbacks too and I think even my father would pay to where these are he was asked to make a little bit more advanced reads and throws over the middle of the field into tight windows compared to the other guys so hey he got off to the slow start we know that he got injured and when he came back he was a different guy and he played phenomenal and we talk about the arm the legs are real too I mean, he's running for 50-yard touchdowns against the Jaguars, and then his ability to get out of the pocket when nothing's there and make plays happen the way we talk about with the great quarterbacks in the league right now, mm-hmm. that's real too. So so I want to pause it right there and, and kind of get your yeah. thoughts on where we're going so far. Thomas Cahill <laughs> says, Zach has the same release as Joe Willie. Uh, I'm pretty sure, is today Joe named his birthday? I think it is. Maybe really? it was yesterday. Let me see. I think it was either Let today or yesterday. Pretty sure. And that's me like it was oh, it's today. Happy birthday, Joe Willie. Bam. 79 years old. He's about to be he's gonna be 80 next year. Our boy. Damn. 79. Dude, let me just say this, Ryan. We should all be so lucky to re- to reach 79. That's all I will that's all I'll say. That's Dude, all I'm if I can make for. it to 79. Yeah. With the way that that Joe Namath is moving around and like doing things, like I'd be very happy. That is a rock solid life. You know, it's crazy, dude. Like, you know, there are people in my life, like in their sixties, they like they just kind of like settle in and go, "I'm old," and they just they're in a rocking chair and everything. My 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 wife's father, my father in law, he's like seventy seven. Fucking mm-hmm. guy runs on treadmills. He goes hiking. It's like <laughs> he goes on trips. 
You know oh, what I my mean? Ass like, is I guess sour patches till two in the morning. <laughs> I know Rocket that's League. the problem. Like, oh, dude, I am not <laughs> not in the shape that I should be in for like a thirty-two year old guy. Well, you know what I'm going to do, Ryan, and then we'll talk about Chris Sims. You know, we're all going to be meeting up together in just a couple of months here, and I am putting, I am going to make it a point to slim down a little bit. You know, I'm not out of control, but I'd like to slim down a little bit and get back to working out so when I meet everybody, I can be healthy and look good. What do you think? Isn't that, is that a good goal? Like, to, so when I see you, I think it's I look a great better. Goal. I think it's a great goal. Yeah. I, I don't think you I, looked bad. By any means, we met each other well, a bunch of times. In, in fairness, you only see me from. Oh, you mean yeah, no, yeah. Well, I, I, right. yeah I see bad. you on screen every bad. week, but I've seen you in person <laughs> a bunch of times too, and you don't seem like you're like totally out of it. No, I'm like hanging on by a thread though. Any minute, I could fucking <laughs> completely lose composure. <laughs> Dude, you know what? I want to hear something funny. Wait, real yeah, quick. I I met I met Jeremy for the first time ever today. Like we went out to no lunch way. today. He's in. He came to Richmond, and I went over there and met him for lunch. Nice. How tall do you think? How tall do you think Jeremy is? Just by his screen, like we by see him on the screen. screen. He he seems like he's shorter than maybe he is because of like the angle I think at which he films at. So what do you? I think? don't know. But are you, are you mean, asking me to guess a height? <laughs> I'm bad. Yeah, just like, I did what not would know you Matt think, was like you know, six four. Yeah, we who knew. Right. Who dude. knew everybody when I took a picture with Matt, everybody said, dude, green bean. I thought you were taller. I'm like, I am fucking tall. Matt's huge, dude. <laughs> Matt's gigantic. He's, He's in the 98th percentile. Yeah. So I met Jeremy. I shit you not. This is exactly how it went. He, him and his wife get out of the car and I walk up and I go, hey, and he turns around. And I go, what? <laughs> it's literally my first word. What? Dude, look how tall you are. He's as tall as I am. No way. Jeremy, I really? Said, I said, dude, yep, he's like 5'11 or, and change. Wow. So I'm like, I'm just under six foot. I, I'm 5'11 and a half. So yeah. um, I said to him, I said, dude, I thought you were, no lie, I thought you were like 5'7. No, no shit. <laughs> and uh, I asked his wife, did you know how tall he was? What is this? I, all day I kept staring at him. Like, I cannot believe you're that fucking tall, man. Dude, that's <laughs> so really weird. funny. I've had that with a few people. Like literally everyone that I've met on, like that we've done like jet things with, are all way taller than I'd expect. And like, I'm the little guy. <laughs> I'm like way yeah, smaller yeah. than everyone else. And I'm like five, nine. I'm like what they call average. Well, I that's what you Becca were, tells me. You look taller to me than you said you were too. Like you look taller to me than I, like, I remember you, I expected you to be short. You say five, nine. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I just, ex you were like, <laughs> you know, you were taller than I thought, but yeah. it's weird when we meet each other. Isn't it weird? Yeah. It's, um, it's odd. Greenbee and I have met each other like, what are we at? Four times now, I think. Something like uh, that. One, two, three. three. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, three, I think. Three times. Hey, Ryan, did I, did, did I tell you guys it's being booked right now? When we come up for opening day, that Friday or Saturday, it's not official yet, but one of them will happen. I'm going to do my first comedy show in 15 years. I'm going to perform. Oh, hell uh, comedies. yeah, dude. Dude, when yeah. you find so out when those tickets go on sale, Let's absolutely get a crew. Yeah, yeah. Do you, where, do do you know where you're going right. to be performing? It's somewhere in North New Jersey, so it might be. It could Ooh. be anywhere from like Rockaway, Roxbury, over to Hackensack. There's there's a few places in there, like on that 80 corridor, Route 80, um, somewhere somewhere around that. But I'll I'll be sure to let everybody know. 
but yeah, I want to make this a whole like week. I want, you know, I know guys are flying in and shit. I want to, I want to hang. I want to hang out with you guys. You know what I mean? Dude, it's going to be a lot cool. of fun. We got, we have to get with SAC exchange and really plan out a tailgate. I was talking to Richie today actually about it and we're all kind of, Richie almost hopped on with us tonight and dude, oh, yeah. I think everyone is like amped up for week one and we got to do some type of tailgate meetup, something like that. Yeah, dude. And well, we're going to have an epic tailgate. Uh, you know what? There, as I talked to Sack. I think we're contemplating joining with mm -hmm. Gotham City. So the Jets Lounge oh, and the Gotham City will all be one. And that's what? A uh, hop, skip, and a jump to Jet Nation. So everybody will be kind of in one area. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that'll be amazing. That'll be amazing. Um, yeah, I'm really psyched. So if I can get that comedy show booked, I talked to my buddy who runs the Tropicana down in Atlantic City, too. Mm -hmm. Um, he said that, uh, he's going to let me know. He could probably get me on a show there on Wednesday. So I'll do AC Ooh. as like a warm up show. And then I'll do the other show. I'm going to open for my buddy, Joe, the comic. Um, that's awesome. I'll do like a, yeah, I'll do like a 20 minute set. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, I haven't done perfect. it in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I, <laughs> well, I'm excited. I'm pumped. Mutt Viles says, come to the hangar, Ryan. So I guess Mutt Viles is already in on the, uh, yeah, yeah. He was the, the first guy with Zach Exchange. For those of you that don't know, Mutt Viles, myself, Green Bean, O'Leary, Buffalo Jet fan, Tyson in primetime, Richie, and Jack are going to be in the hangar. Yeah, Buffalo That's, too. Did you say Buffalo? I said Buffalo. Oh, yeah. There He's coming go. down from Buffalo, yeah. and we're all going to the game. We got, a, we got a lot going on. We're excited. Yeah, it's going to be epic, dude. You know, uh, we might even have, I don't know if Sax wants me to say this, but I don't think it's too bad. This was the first ever game using the hanger. Mm -hmm. So Woody Johnson is supposed to be there to cut the tape. Oh, no way. Really? I didn't Wouldn't know that. Wouldn't that be epic, bro? I knew it was the so first good. time because they're like, Sack had said like, oh, like what's the capacity? They're like 250, but you'll never get that. And he's just like, I think we're going to get it. Now he's got like a waiting yeah. list, like 40 people deep. <laughs> it's yeah, like, he's like, way yeah, I big. think, uh, he's like, yeah, I think, I think we're going to be fine. Just give me the, Oh, just give me the damn room. We'll let us worry about that end of it. Yeah. You know we'll what I mean, figure it out. Yeah. It's going to be so, I'm so excited, bro. It's going to be nuts. Yeah. Um, so, all right. S sorry to derail it uh, with all that <laughs> stuff. Uh, we were talking right. about uh, Chris Sims. Uh, now, what did he say again? <laughs> well, RJ McPop drops in and he says, okay, we see Top Gun 2 yet or are we fraud jet fans? I have not watched Top Gun 2. So I am every bit of fraud a fraud jet. jet fan. Yeah, well, I'm not. Look, as much as I like a lot of Tom Cruise's work, I got to admit, I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise guy these days. Last five, ten years. I just, I don't know. I'm not into Tom Cruise and what he does with his life. You know what I'm saying? No. So I don't feel the need to, I didn't love, I liked Top Gun when I was a kid, but I didn't love Top Gun. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of other people did. I remember the hoopla. Oh, people but I don't love know. Top Gun. Like you hear that music I come on it. and people instantly like, we used to play that music in the pro shop <laughs> like occasionally. And it was just like, like I, I'm talking like probably eight years ago with some of the guys that used to be in there. And like, it's lost on some of the, I don't want to say younger generations because I would say I'm the like the tail end of anyone that would have like really watched that with any kind of I don't even I don't, when did it come out 
early 90s probably oh i think it was 80s man i think it was 80s yeah top gun release it's gonna it's gonna take me to the new one i bet that's all right i'll figure it out someone will say something top gun top 86 says steven angle 86 may 16th look at that Wow, eight, people yeah, say 82, I was, 87, 86. 86 was the... 86. The so, Damn. right. So I was 13 years old. So I was right in that pocket. Like I was there. They were directing that like right in my age group, like 13 to 21, you know? Oh, and yeah. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. But I thought there was too much story for me. Like I was 13. I didn't. I just wanted to see more jets and shit. And there was a lot of love <laughs> well, story. And I remember... Exploding. Yeah, that's what you want at 13. Like my favorite movie at 13 was Ram- like First Blood, the first one, and then yeah, yeah. the second one, Rambo, because it was nonstop, 100 miles an hour from beginning to end. That's that's mm-hmm. what I liked at that age. Now I can't handle it. I, I can't even go to theaters. There's too much going on. Like, it's like mayhem in there. I'm like, let's go. I can't oh, dude, watch a movie you, in here anymore. Have you been to a Dolby <laughs> Atmos movie at all? No, not. I've never even heard of that before. Ooh, ooh. So if you get a chance one of the major motion pictures, like I'm talking like a star Wars or a Jurassic park or a avatar something like, like a big movie, like not like a comedy movie, go see it in Dolby Atmos. It's like 20 bucks a ticket. It's not cheap, but what Dolby Atmos is, is it's spatial awareness. So when you hear the chopper flying overhead, it moves from left to right in the, in the theater. Like you're hearing it fly overhead. It's, it's bananas. (laughs) Like to say, put it mildly. I I saw the uh, what was it? I think it was Jurassic World one or two. I don't remember which one it was, but I saw it in Dolby Atmos. I was like, oh, I'd never seen this before. Like, let, like give it a go. Oh man, <laughs> oh man, dude, it's yeah. it's awesome. I don't go to the movies like that frequently, but like I'll drop twenty bucks to go see like a movie I want to see. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, look, I don't dislike the movie. Like, I like that whole thing. You know, the big screen. If you get a good seat, I don't like sitting too close. You know, there's a whole oh, bunch yeah. of shit. Oh, reserving but, uh, here's seat online the other is magical. Yeah, that is... Dude, I'll tell you what. They have figured the movies out. There are some places <laughs> out there. Right, you reserve your seat. You don't got to worry about getting there on time and all that kind of stuff. You know, like being there early to get a seat. And... uh then they got the waitresses and the waiters and stuff. They'll bring you, you know, short rib. You can fucking watch Top Gun and eat short rib with champagne if you want. You it is. Well, I've been stuff. to one dine-in theater. The dine-in theaters are interesting. Actually, around the corner from our house here, not a dine-in theater. We have a drive-in movie theater. Um, that's fun. That was where we went on like yeah. high school dates and things like that. You back up the truck. You flip open the, the tailgate. You have the blankets, the pillows. And then, yeah, you know. We have a drive-in over and- here. Uh, we just saw yeah yeah right <laughs> we just saw uh we just saw venom 2 in the drive-in Ooh. not too long ago yeah yeah i enjoyed oh, it's that. good stuff carnage yeah. carnage right and we yeah. liked it man it was like that it's just a more it's a fun experience you know like you said like we get like some like some nice comfy like the lawn chairs and the yeah, back yeah. of the truck or the back of the uh, we have a we had a van like a minivan yeah, so yeah. we open that up and put a little like an air mattress back there. It's just it's great, man. It's a great thing. You got the play set, you got the food and everything. And mm-hmm. I like drive-ins. That's what I grew up on when I was a kid. We used to uh, theaters like indoor theaters were so rare that they used to mm-hmm. call them movie houses. Like you want to go to the movie <laughs> house or you want to really? see it at the movie or go to the movie house? Yeah. 
So anybody else now, remember that term, movie houses? <laughs> was life in color or black and white back then? <laughs> Cut the shit. <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, weird for me to like think about like old times. Like I shouldn't even say old times because that's not even like that old. But I'm talking like when I think about like the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, like I shouldn't even say that because there was color then. But I like everything is black and white. And I like go outside like we saw Becca's grandma the other day. And I'm like, man, she saw everything in black and white. And I'm like 32 thinking this. I was like, nope, everything still had color then. <laughs> it just, just yeah. didn't have it in the pictures. But you know what's funny, man? Like when you think about video games and shit, like I literally yeah. remember when Pong was the game. That's it. Pong. <laughs> You had two paddles, boop, boop, boop. It was tennis, you know? And yeah, that, yeah. that was great. We played it for hours, man. Hours. Dude, games have come so, so far. So far. It's I mean, crazy. my first system was a Super Nintendo, and I was playing, like, the first Mario Kart and, like, all the different, you know, the Mario games and the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I had a whole bunch, whole bunch of games. Yeah, I mean, it's, a lot's changed in my life, brother. You know what I mean? Oh, like, it's now they got loot boxes thing. and crap. Now you got to pay to. Oh, I don't like it. There, what's, there's what's some things I really do enjoy, but there's a lot of things like I hate the EA games. Like I won't play Madden because I get blasted with like all these, you know, packs and like buy shit and it's like, nah, not about that right now. Um, sorry, yeah, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, sorry. Gonna, you know, we kind of we're gonna we try and we took off. back. <laughs> <laughs> try to steer it back as best we can. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Sims. Chris Sims. Well, let's go through a few super chats because, you know, because I feel like we got, we got some topics that we'll, we'll touch on too. So Keyshawn okay. Johnson says, uh, I'll trust the ex-quarterback over check down Mac Jones fanboys at ESPN. That's the value yeah, in yeah. Chris Sims, right? Like it's it's a guy that played the position that knows what to look for. He held a clipboard for a lot of his career. He worked with a bunch of quarterback coaches. Like this is someone when you listen to him talk, it's worth listening to. I did that with his edge rushers. I did that with a, a few other positions for the draft and it was worth a listen for sure. So I definitely, definitely take, uh, take away the knowledge that he's dropping there. Don Tiki says, if I said we won nine games, who would you guess we beat? Ooh, okay. This is a good one. So let's, uh, Ooh. let's pull up the Jets schedule. Like <laughs> Anthony G says in the chat, Ryan, he goes, it's official. It's slow season. It's the slow football. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, dude. We no, had all good. this stuff to talk about, and then, like, literally, yeah, my talking. internet kicked out, and then I was like, yeah. oh, no, I don't know what to do. And then now this is where we're at. Um, okay. Yeah, we're back. We're so back. Here's, uh, here's the Jets' schedule. If we could win nine games, what do we think happens? I think – let's go through, like, the easy ones. Or I shouldn't all say right, easy ones, but, like – Bears, Lions, Jaguars. That's three that I think you gotta have, right? Then but we gotta. Talking, all right. So we're we're gonna beat all the teams that we should beat. That's what you're saying. Well, so the the first team we're favorited against is the Bears, November twenty seventh. So I would say the Bears, the Lions, the Jaguars. Those three are a definite must win to reach this nine win total. Right. I would say. I agree. You have to beat the Browns. I would say the uh -huh. Steelers. Right. And you what about the Seattle Seahawks? The, 
are we are we playing the Seahawks? Oh yeah, yeah. we gotta beat the Seahawks. Hell yeah. January first. Okay, we play them New Year's Day, no less. Let's call Miami at least one. That gets us yep. to seven. I would yep. think you probably have to beat Miami twice and get one of the Ravens or the Patriots to squeak out nine. Yeah, and you know what? I want to win week one so bad. Oh, it would mean so much. It really would. And just to start, just to kickstart the whole season, like obviously we have very personal interests. You know, it's, it'd be great to actually see a damn victory with you guys for once. Uh, so there's all that. But in addition, just for the Jets, like this season, starting against the Ravens, going out there and beating them week one, one would let the NFL know times have changed. It's time to take a breath. Okay. Take a step back, cut your shit, and let's watch what happens here. You know, it doesn't mean we're great or anything, but it would put everybody on alert. And I think that would be very, a very important and positive way to start the season. So I would say, uh, the Ravens are uh, are uh, not, not obviously not must win, but I think that's a mm-hmm. very important game. But we have to split with the Pats too. We can't lose twice to them, dude. I would love no, nothing would make me happier than sweeping the Pats. Like we could go, we could have two wins, and if both of them are against the Pats, I'd I'd be feeling pretty good. Yeah. Um, God, well, I think about that. it. What if Ryan? But so we're at nine, right? So what if you had to lose to the ba- one of the Bears, the, the the Lions, the Jaguars, uh, to get the you know a Patriots victory? Like so, you win against the Ravens and the Patriots, but but you throw you, you know end up disappointing and losing against the Jags and the Lions. Let's say, would so you prefer I, that? Like if we had nine wins, it's still nine wins. But I think I would prefer it by beating the Patriots and the Ravens. The, and losing to those teams than just beating the shitty teams and losing yes. where we're supposed to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. The only team that's like on the shittier end of things that I do not want to lose to, it's the Jaguars. Like I I want to go in and just thump them in the hardest way possible. If we lose the Lions and we lose the Bears, like that would really suck. Like those are two teams the Jets should win against. But like, if you trade that out for a Ravens victory, I guess the thing that sucks is like the Ravens game and the Patriot games are so early in the season. Not that the uh, Patriots game is October 30th. And then the next one is November 20th. Cause we got a bye week in between there, but like it would suck to win like the early, early games and then fizzle out towards the end. Like I, I think maybe I'd forego a oh God. I really want to see a Ravens win, especially while we're there. Ah. Uh, I don't know. Would you forego beating a better team if it meant going on more of a slide towards the end of the season? Well, I, I don't think, yeah, no, I don't know if I would want that, that trade off, um, like losing right. three games, or, but I, cause look, every bad team, including us, like we let, we beat the Titans and we beat the Bengals last year. So those are just trap games. They only have so much value to me. You know what I mean? Like they're they're valuable and everything, but if we can't put together a successful season or at least mildly successful and beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, mm-hmm. I think winning one game against a good team doesn't have the same impact right now for this team as maybe two years ago or even last year. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, Garrett Ham drops in, says, I'll be at the hangar too. See y'all there. Uh, yeah, we're really excited. Yeah, it's be a Garrett, lot of fun. that's right. That's right. Garrett will be there. What else? We got Kevin C. Kevin C says, See many credible reports. Quan Alexander is on the table for the Jets' injury history, but we need some depth at linebacker. It's the weak link of our defense. Uh, I've seen a lot of Quan Alexander. That would be the affordable route to go. The other option could potentially be, and we might find out tomorrow right. uh, or in Big the day. coming days, Deion Jones from Atlanta. Yeah, I think that I honestly believe, and I, I have been wrong before, believe it or not, but I believe that the reason they haven't signed Quan Alexander is because they're waiting to see who gets who gets cut June yep. 1st. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that's absolutely the way they're going at it. Because Deion Jones, you'd have to either trade for him or know that he would come to the Jets if cut. So he was Ulbrich was in Atlanta when they drafted him. He had his best seasons under Ulbrich. He was really good in coverage under Ulbrich, had like his worst season, I think last year um so you know i i think there's a really good shot i believe he's owed like if he's traded i think it's nine million dollars this year and 13 next year so you'd have to give up an asset and pay that and i think the jets have like 13 million dollars in salary cap space right now so you're talking like okay is it worth trading an asset to pick up that contract to fortify our linebackers or is it worth it to maybe sign a depth tackle to kind of hold the spot in case Becton or Fant go down? For me, I think I'm leaning more towards tackle than I am the linebacker position. Like I'd almost be willing to kind of forego anything on defense at this point to make sure we set up Zach as good as possible. Where do you kind of fall on that? Well, here's the thing with linebacker. Like you guys, I mean, look, we've been hanging out um a lot this whole draft season right all of us guys and we're right. we're hanging out like you know by now that i would really i was convinced that we were going to bring in a linebacker in the first three rounds right i was convinced uh now that didn't happen uh so it that leads me to believe uh something that we tossed around but i i just didn't lean this way is that they really do like jamie and sherwood Hamza Nasruddin and Quincy Williams. Like they really do like those guys. And don't forget, we brought in Marcel Harris, right? So he's he's another one of those hybrid kind of tweener backers, safety, you know, like he's one of those guys. So they could love, they could like him a whole bunch too. Um, so I think that they might not be as concerned as we are, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's first. And maybe they don't feel the need to bring somebody in, but I will tell you the June 1st thing is very, very real, man. Um, because don't forget if they wait, you know, like if they cut them today or tomorrow, there's a whole different thing. You can push the salary to the next year and, and all kinds of stuff. Like it's very beneficial. So guys like, you know, um, who is this, his name? Deion Jones? In, uh, Deion Jones. Yeah, for yeah, those yeah. of you guys that are, are wondering what Green Bean's talking about, if you cut someone on June 1st, it as it's as if you cut him next year. So that, Or I shouldn't say next year, but you, you, you split the salary difference, that dead cap hit that hits you all at once normally when you cut players at the beginning of free agency. When you cut them June 1st, you get half of that this year and half of it next year. So in a sense, they're saving like $4 million or whatever 
by pushing that off. And if they trade him, they save a little bit more than that. I, I don't know the numbers offhand, but um, it would be to the Falcons' benefit to trade him for a late seventh round pick than it would be to cut him. Yeah, totally. So it's, um, you know, so I think a lot's going to happen. Now, Joe Douglas has clearly not let us put a finger on him yet, right? Like the first two drafts, he was more about trading back and, and uh, you know, he did make the ABT trade up, but he was more about accumulating extra late round assets and all this kind of stuff. And this year he just switched gears and went for the jugular, um, you know, trying to move up. He tried to have four first round picks this year after having two top 10 picks already. So where Joe Douglas is, is hard to really nail down. But one place I think that will remain consistent with him is that his ability and desire to shuffle the back end of the roster around with play, you know, um, days like June 1st cuts days, like cut down days, like to what is it? 75 and then 53. So mm-hmm. like those types of uh, periods of time where a lot of players just suddenly become available. Joe Douglas has shown us that he is not afraid to dive right into that pool and start grabbing guys. If he wants them. Now look, a couple of them, Quincy Williams is one of those guys, you know, that, that, yeah. that we got last year off the scrap heap, essentially from the Jaguars. So I think when when we look at a position like the linebacker position, I really do feel that they're confident. They know they have C.J. Mosley, right? They know that. Um, but I think they really do like Jamie and Sherwood um, more than I thought they did, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, this is what I, I think. But I, I also think that whether it's June 1st or whether it's the first cutdown, we're going to see another linebacker or two brought in here and shuffle around the back end. I think uh, Salah loves Marcel Harris, supposedly, uh, so maybe he can be the guy, you know? I don't know, but it, it's going to be interesting. But I think, again, I think Joe Douglas has shown us that he likes mm-hmm. to do that. It's kind of move, you know, shuffle guys around um, uh, with the cutdown day. So I would be surprised if we didn't. Yeah, and you look at how many depth pieces we have on our defensive line. Like, we're talking about, Who's actually going to make this roster? There's going to be some good players that wind up getting cut. Well, the Jets, while we have that on the defensive line side of things, other teams are going to have that at positions the Jets need. So that's why it's such a critical thing. When you're talking about 32 teams that are at 90 players, you know, at one point in the offseason, shrinking down to 53, you're talking 40 guys a team that are now available. Now, it's they're not all guys that you necessarily want, but there's going to be some good guys that wind up shaking loose through all of this. Yeah, um, no doubt. It happens every year. And like, and look at the, like it, 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 you know, we see it at the wide receiver position uh, a lot too, but look around the league guys that were considered, you know, starters and pretty prominent guys. They're put there. A lot of them are still sitting out there in free agency, man. And a lot of these guys, like they're being pushed, like the kids coming in these last five or so drafts, they're, they're really athletic. They're really impressive. And a lot of these guys that, like I said, just a couple of years ago were locks to uh, to be a prominent member on these teams, uh, dude, they're they're getting pushed around because the young guys are so impressive so early. So again, that that's an opportunity because there are guys out there that are getting pushed aside earlier than it used to be. Like so now they're 27 when it used to be happening at 30. You know, mm-hmm. so there we can still. There's a lot to be done. Like the off season isn't 
isn't over. And this is why I like Joe Douglas's team so much. Like when you look at the guys they draft the last few years, all that, like it's not the it's not the names everybody knows from the Sims. Like they they're they're entailed with what they're doing. And I think they have, you know, written charts on every single player that they know who's likely to get cut on every team. Like they're doing all that. They're not just sitting back watching their own team. Like Joe Douglas's crew mm-hmm. is out there. You know what I mean? I have well, a lot gotta, of confidence. You got to think they got like an, an NFC East, you know, scout an NFC South scout. And they just, their job is to watch all four teams. Look at those players, determine who's getting cut, who might be valuable for the New York jets. Like there's, there's gotta be guys like that on the inside. I would think. Edward Ziff asks, do they sell edibles at MetLife? LOL. Uh, I hope so. That would be fantastic. That would be a very exciting (laughs) week one, or maybe a very lackadaisical. It'd be like, okay, the edibles kicked in. Uh, We're not as rowdy as we were. (laughs) It's just a little more (laughs) half-baked than maybe uh, it would have otherwise been. Uh, Red John says, any reason Chris Sims is still on the screen? Yeah, he was there because we were talking about a video, and I was going to keep talking about it and then i was like ah we're gonna get off topic and talk about other stuff so good with that. well we could say that real quick though do you so he said zach was the 22nd overall quarterback in the nfl yes how do you I, feel I, like what you think that i didn't see the rest of it this was literally the first time i was watching it so i i believe where he was going with this was that zach wilson is ahead of all the other quarterbacks on his list now i don't know where he put mac jones so maybe mac is higher than him based on play last year but it sounds like chris sims thinks zach wilson is better you know than all the other rookies that came out last year so i don't know where he necessarily had him but yeah i think 22 of 40 is fine this year i'm okay with that. that 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 is a sizable step up and that's not to say he can't go higher than that. Um, but I don't have a problem with him saying Zach Wilson could be the 22nd of 40 quarterbacks. Yeah. Like where would that put him like yards wise and all that, you know, like where, where did, you know, like, where does that like, so if Zach Wilson ended up being the 22nd ranked quarterback, that means he took a st- he jumped up 10. Yeah. worse than him so yardage wise touchdowns to interceptions where does that where does that put him you gotta think yeah maybe we could let's see if we could look it up let's look up the stats we'll say uh qb stats 2021 i don't know if that's where it'll take us but let's see okay so this is going by based on passing yards 20th one two three four five six seven 11, 12. So 20th uh, last year in quarterbacks was Jared Goff. Around him, you got a few. Ahead. So Trevor Lawrence had 3,600 yards. So you're talking like Trevor Lawrence, Carson Wentz, Tyler Heineke, Jared Goff, Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson missed some games. Um, oh, man. When you look at those names, I'd be pretty disappointed. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. When I when I read those names, it's not like ones that I'm super loving. Yeah, uh, yeah. But they're also young, right? Like I shouldn't say, you know, Heineke. I don't. I don't even know how old he is, but you know, not necessarily like a Carson Wentz level quarterback. But I feel like Jalen Hurts is young. Jared Goff, man, that would suck. 
Yeah, but the thing is, like, you know, like I always joke around, it's like, you know, you don't go from worst to first. You got to be the best of the worst first. You know what I mean? Sure. You got to, you got to do that. that. Right. So, like, those are the, you know, yeah, but like, you, right. So, like, that's the thing. We want our quarterback to clearly be better than the bottom half of the league. That's what, Mm -hmm. that's what you want first. Now, I'd love him to hop up and be a top 10 quarterback this year. That'd be great. I have no issues with it. But a realistic jump, and people like to compare him to Josh Allen, like a realistic jump is Josh Allen's second year, not his third year where he had 37 touchdowns. You know, um, if, if he gets 24, you know, 22, 24 touchdowns, you know, eight picks kind of a thing, and he's, you know, Whoa. somewhere middle of the pack, that would be very, I would be happy with that. What do you got? Mutt Viles just gifted 10 Jets Talk memberships. The chat is popping off right now. <laughs> Pop Viles, he's out of control. Disregard Papa, Gitmo Bob, Wild Wave, Hank G, that boy Papa Pump up the champ. Mutt Viles is king. He's king Kobe. shit of Fuck Mountain, this guy. <laughs> Guys, drop some JETS in the chat. If you're a new member, check out those emojis. We got a lot of fun stuff going on over there. Um, wow. Mutt Viles, you're nuts. Um, so I don't mean to cut you off, but, uh, 22nd in terms of touchdowns, where do you think that would put Zach Wilson? Like, uh, number wise, just a guess. Wait, say that again. What was that? So if Zach Wilson was like the 22nd of 40 quarterbacks, where do you think 22nd in quarterback rankings would, would rank them? Like yardage? No, touchdowns. Like how many touchdowns do you think? Oh, um, 20. Yeah, I know. Right. I think you got to have 20 touchdowns, right? I mean, you'd be surprised. It wasn't. I thought that's where, I mean, it's not far off. Baker Mayfield. What was it like 18, 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. So like there were three quarterbacks tied at 20, Matt Ryan, Tyler Heineke, Jimmy Garoppolo. Then it went Jared Goff at 19, Teddy Bridgewater, 18, Baker, 17 Tua 16 tied with Davis Mills and Lamar Jackson. Um, but I'm pretty sure Lamar, how many games? Did Lamar yeah, he was hurt though. So they're, yeah. they're counting him against the whole season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even still the 20th quarterback had 17. Like if he winds up being 22nd, it's a nice step up. I think seeing it is. written out as 22nd of 40 is like, oh, top half of the 40, which makes sense, but is not <laughs> the right way to look at that. Um, <laughs> I, I hope he's better than that. I, I was right. saying 20, like, 20 touchdowns, yeah. 10 interceptions. I, I, I hope he's better than 17. Yeah, 17's not going to cut it. But like, look, then you got to look at, you know, again, like we talked about earlier, what's the story? You know, is the story that he also had three or four rushing touchdowns? Did we have the number one rushing team in the league? You know, did both uh, Brees Hall and Michael Carter each have thousand yards and eight touchdowns? You know what I mean? So like it all, there's there's definitely going to be context does matter, but just on the surface, I got to say, I would agree with you 17 while it's clearly a step up. And then you got to look at the, you know, the interceptions and everything. It's it's positive, but I got to admit, I'm hoping for more. I, I want 20 touchdowns, and I don't think that's asking too much, man. You know what I mean? No. Like, why can't you get 20 touchdowns? 
When's the last quarterback? I know Ryan Fitzpatrick had 31 in 2015. But aside from that, when's the last time we had 20 touchdowns? Like, what, uh, you know? Dude, I I don't know. Sam, I think the most he ever had was like 17. Did Sam get 20 touchdowns at all? It didn't feel like it. I don't know, dude. Probably Gino. I, I really don't. I feel like Gino probably had like a, a year. Maybe not, though. Let me see here. All right. Let me take a look. I'm looking at the chat, see if anyone's got like. Yeah. Sanchez is what Drippy Douglas says. I don't know. Yeah, that's what what I'm thinking too, Drippy. I got to think that Sanchez did it. Wow. Obviously, like I said, we're talking 2010. It's got to be the last championship year. Geno Smith had 12 touchdowns. Sam Darnold had 19. Okay. Josh McCown had 18. Oh God, I really like Josh. <laughs> I really, I think that was the best our offense has looked since last, like other than last year. Neil O'Donnell had 17. Boomer Esiason had 17. Wait, what Vinny, about Sanchez? Well, yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm looking at this. Wait, so Vinny Testaverde had 21. Ken O'Brien had 25 once. Obviously, Joe Namath and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mark Sanchez had 26. Okay. So that's the last time. And like seven. That's the last time we really had like an impressive offense other than the Fitzpatrick year where he set the record. What, is it 30 or 31? 31. Yeah, 31. But Brett Favre had 22. Dude, we are fucking abysmal. We're so, abysmal. We're so bad in the quarterback rankings. <laughs> Dude, when you look at it, Joe Namath on a 14 game schedule got 4,000 yards. That's like. And no one's eclipsed it. We've had two more games for like 25 years and or more than that, probably. And then friggin an extra game this year. Still can't pass it. Yeah, dude. Um, it's, 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 I mean, look, the one year Vinny Testaverde had 29 touchdowns and seven picks. That's what we That's need. Nice. Dude. That's We need an under 10 interception year. Right. This is, I don't ever want to do this again. I don't want, ever want to look at the history of Jets quarterbacks on one page ever again. It, that was the worst <laughs> thing I've ever seen, dude. I'm like, come on. When like, only Patrick owns one of your biggest dude. passing statistics, that's the problem. I that's think. a problem for sure. That's a, that's a problem. That particular one is a problem. If he had like most, anything else would probably be, not a shocking. I don't know. Oh my god, it's so we bad. We need it. We need we need some quarterback play. We've been starved for so long. Starved. That's why it's like it's all about letting dude, we got to do It's got to happen. As, it's got it's got to happen, Jet right? Fans, it does, right? It's but I fair. think this is what I'll say. Look, there's there's almost 300 of us in here, right? We have to remember something. As Jets fans, we have we don't coach anybody we can't go on the field so our impact is very specific we have to flip our script and support the living hell out of zach wilson we gotta love him Mm -hmm. we have to nurture him we have to send him positive vibes you can do it we got to do all that stuff because Mm -hmm. he's got the arm he's got the athleticism he's got the the feet like he's got everything you want man 
let's we we it has to be him. I can't start over without getting good quarterback. I can't mm-hmm. like go another year of of twelve touchdowns and then we fucking sign somebody new, or we're going with Joe Flacco. You know what I mean? We got to support I'm this right guy. there with you. I just I want, dude. I it, I think what hurts the most is I felt like maybe not the same way, but I was so sure Sam was going to be the guy. Like I just like watching him play. I was like, that's, that's our quarterback. Like, that's the answer. And now I, I'm getting the same feelings about Zach. <laughs> I, like I believe in him. I really do. I think this guy's so talented and I think he's more talented than Sam. Like it just pops off the screen. Talented. Yeah. I but think like, it's not even a, it's not even a question. I'm with you. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's gotta happen. That's where I'm at. Like this has got to be the guy. Zach isn't better than Sanchez lab mind. I staunchly disagree. Like, yeah, I mean, no, we can't, I, I, I can't. Sanchez was so bad that they had to protect him. Like they, everything in the offense was mm-hmm. to limit his mistakes. He was yeah. the number one turnover quarterback in the league, like three years in a row or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, was I didn't hate Sanchez, but no. let's be real. If we, if we had a real quarterback that 2010 year, like a guy that, you know, could if win the game. Favre, like we, if we had far in Favre. 2009 or 2010, I think we wind up. Yep. I mean, if he didn't get hurt in 2008, I think we're probably going places. Yeah. That, that team, team was, was so good. So dude, that team was loaded. Mark Sanchez had the number one offensive line in the league. He had the number one rushing attack in the league. He had the number one defense in the league and he had Braylon Edwards, uh, Dustin Keller, Santonio Holmes, uh, you know, Ladanian Thompson. Thompson. Yeah, it's like, dude, it was insane what he had. And he would throw for, you know, 220. Yeah, all <laughs> the time. It yeah. was bad. And it'd be like, you know, a two-touchdown, three-interception kind of game or like a one-touchdown, two-interception every game. My last game at Giant Stadium, I, I specifically went up there in 2009, right? I said, okay, they're going to tear Giant Stadium down. I damn near grew up in that place, in that building. So I said, I was living in Florida. I flew up. I got together with uh, three or four Jets fans together, old friends of mine, and we went in the game. It was, we were playing okay. It was a good team. It was 2009. And I said, please let me see a victory. You know what I mean? Just let me see my last game here. And God said, why would I do that? Because your entire history here has been terrible. Why would I? It's going to be the same. And that was the Mark Sanchez five interception game against Buffalo. It was the worst. The worst. It was so bad. That's what God gave me. Uh, (laughs) I always just say, you know, it's luck of the Irish. It's not necessarily good luck. But that's how I feel as a Jet fan. It's like. It has to turn. I don't have to piss on them, but it looked pretty funny if they were wet. That's kind of like. Jerk. Yeah, kicking us when we're down. I know it's like it's, but this is why. Like I understand, of course. I I understand Jets fans being frustrated. I understand mm-hmm. us being impatient. Like, dude, I I'm a hundred percent there. I can see it and I get it. Mm-hmm. But we have to start like rooting for people to be here a long time. Like we can't fire Joe Douglas, fire Robert Sala, cut, uh, you know, cut Zach, like Beckton, like. We have mm-hmm. to stop fucking feeling like that because our energy is real. Like oh, it, it sure. has an impact, you know? I mean, so you, you've I, seen I, this team make decisions based on the way fans have reacted to things. 
yes. or, or or what they think might generate enough of a of a reaction. And I think there's been a strong push from the media to always kind of knock us down because like we're the most vocal. We have a lot of fans. Like we we're fiery. It's like that's what it's kind of about, and that passion comes off wrong a lot of the times. And I think you know having you know, the different content creators and the different platforms, you know, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook or, or Twitch or TikTok or any of those things, there's people that you can kind of, you know, sort of get to know. And then you can be like, okay, that's a rational thought. <laughs> like this guy makes sense. Like maybe, maybe we should think more positive about this. Like why did this happen? It's not just because everyone sucks and everyone's got to get cut and everyone's got to get traded. And like, you know, people getting mad at, you know, the world. There's a lot of gray area. A lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. And like, but that's like, you know, look, when you look at the Buffalo bills, right? Like they were our counterparts in pain for a decade and more. Yeah. They were our laughing stock. Like they didn't even have good years. Like when we had the Mangini years and the, and the Rex Ryan years. And before that, the Herm Edwards years that were, we were good. I mean, we were in the playoffs more often than not. You know, we, we would, we, we had a nice long stretch there of at least competence. Right. Buffalo didn't. They would have one good year, nine and seven, and the next year they were four and twelve. And so the the reason that they're good is because they they you know look they had a plan and they developed the shit out of Josh Allen. Let's not forget that. But the other pieces they they're keeping a core of players together mm -hmm. since 2017 and 2018. Yep. Like those guys, they're all still there, and you know most of them. The defense, bro, like they know that defense inside and out. They know each other. They know exactly what I, they know how that guy is going to react. If this happens, like it's all telepathic at this point. And we got to, we got to get there. That's why I like having this young quarterback with two young running backs, two young receivers, really three young receivers. Like the, you know, we got Ruckert, a new, nice young tight end. He's got two young linemen, like keep these guys mm -hmm. together for a decade man at, at all costs just keep them together they'll get us there you know what i mean they'll that's figure how I it out that's the well, right. that's the exciting thing you look at the all the pieces and the sum they could be together and what things have happened uh you know with other teams that have had that same style of success it's like hey this is the formula we're doing it the way you should be doing it you have a young nucleus of guys you know, on the offensive side, the defensive side has now been hit with this influx of guys. Carl Lawson could be a staple. You have Jermaine Johnson and Sauce back there. Like, right. This is the Jets are building something, and it's really exciting to see. Yeah, and when you look at like our defensive backfield, bro, like we we started two, really three. Well, we started two rookies and a second year last year. They're all still here, so we got a batch of guys in their second year. We got two guys in their third year. Then we go out and we bring in two 25-year-old, you know, in uh, DJ Reed and Jordan Whitehead. I think they're both 25. Yeah, 25. And then 26. you added Sauce Gardner uh, to that mix. Like, this, like if we can keep them together, we have a young core. That, dude, they could be together for five years without a question. Oh, yeah. Four or five years. You dude, know? No contract questions at all. Like, that, like this is a young team that's signed. Right. The only contract question is Quinnen. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, and, and we'll see how he plays. I'm predicting say, 14 sacks for Quinnen this year. I know everybody's dude, laughing at me. I'm telling you, ah, this is it. Dude, Quinnen with a good edge rush, I think is going to be filthy. I really, yeah. I think he's going to be good. I thought he was going to be really good last year, and then the edge rushers went down. So I'm a little, 
I'm a little perplexed. I don't know what to make of it. I still believe in it. I think he's going to break double digit sacks for sure. And I think we're going to pay him a monster contract. I think it's the right thing to do. Well, I mean, look, if he has, if he shits the bed this year, um, you, you know, just roll into have... year five. You just, you roll into year right. five and then right. you franchise him if you have to. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think Quinnen, Quinnen is a fantastic teammate. He was super young. He's still oh, young. Dude. I, did you, you know, hear his comment the other day of, uh, you know, I don't care about the contract or whatever, you know, I want to play ball. And like, that's the second time we've heard that. Now we heard it from Berrios and we heard it from Quinnen. I re- we don't, we never really heard that. I mean, you heard guys say like, okay, the money will take care of itself. You know, I'm going to earn my contract, things like that. But like, this feels like guys that want to be here and want to be around. Like I, I like Quinn a lot. I, I really hope he does well. Cause I think he's going to, he's someone that I want to see do well in New York. Let me just address something in the chat. So lab mind, I'm going to tell you, I like how you took it and made it about cuddling him. It's not cuddling. It's called support. Okay. Mm. Are we rooting for him? Do we want to make it more difficult? We should support the team, the young players that we have. That's what we're talking about. If you hear cuddle, then yeah, that's on you, my friend. You know what I mean? I don't, that's certainly not what I'm saying. I'm saying like in other areas, other fan bases, they support their team. Mm. So we should want that. So if, yeah. you know, like I always ask people in therapy, do your behaviors match your goals? Like, I want this to happen, but I do this and it's the exact opposite. Well, guess what? You're never going to achieve that goal that way. Mm-hmm. Do my behaviors match my goals? So what do we want? We want Zach Wilson to be a good quarterback. So fucking support him. That's mm-hmm. he, That's what we need to do as fans. Support. That's what we should be doing. Dude, Thank you. Sorry to fans, derail. I, I shouldn't even say Jeff fans. New Yorkers in general. New York, New Jersey, the whole like Northeast. We love getting fired up. Like there's nothing like bump someone in the subway. Like you're ready to fight. (laughs) Bump someone in a club. You're ready to fight. Like those types of situations pop up. But I think people just like being abrasive. And I think there's more um, attention in the hate than there is in the positive. Like writing a fluff piece is never going to get as much as like the reasons why Zach Wilson is not going to be a quarter, good quarterback or something like you're going to trigger people. And I think there's a, I don't know, you, there's got to be an awareness of what's going on. And it's it's frustrating because social media puts it all out there and people yeah. can retweet it. And now it like hits everyone. And it might be just a bullshit article like this Jamal Adams, you know, they won the trade. Like that guy went, you know, I, he got a ton of clicks from that. A ton of clicks. Yeah. And that's, you know, look, that's why we get all the negative stuff. I mean, like, look, it's not, it's not, you know, untrue that it's hard to write positive about a shitty franchise, right? But the last three years, like if you just look at it objectively, you can see that things are changing. I mean, it's a totally different mindset, different everything about the organization. Now it might not work, right? We don't know. We don't know if Zach Wilson's gonna gonna bomb. We don't know if AVT's gonna last. Maybe this is his last year for some freak thing. We don't know any yeah. of that stuff. So of course it could fail. But when you look at how this team is being built, if you're just looking at it objectively, you can't deny that it's completely different than the decade that preceded it. You know, we were lost, lost 
We had no offensive line. We go out there and pick a quarterback. We trade three second-round picks to move up three spots and pick a quarterback. Your next pick is a defensive tackle from a small school, and then you go through the rest of that draft. All you get him is a fifth-round running back and a fourth, I think, or sixth-round tight end. I think that's all we gave him. That's it. Like, that's, that's clearly somebody who doesn't understand. You know, they're, they're sticking to their value chart. Like, dude, you gotta, you gotta understand at least how to make a, a team. And that's what we see. Like when you look at Joe Douglas and Robert Sala and everything that they're doing, I don't agree with every single thing they're doing, but I can see the logic behind it. I can, it makes sense at least, you know, like the sauce Gardner pick. You guys know, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, hoping that they picked him. You know what I mean? I wanted my edge rusher right there, but you look at the first round, you're like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what they did was damn near miraculous how they, how they pulled it off. So, and then adding Brees Hall. So the the difference is you can see that the guys running the team actually know how to build and run a team. That's the difference. Red John says, who will be the vocal leaders, i.e. Bart Scott or Kevin Mawai? When I look at this team, if I had to pick vocal leaders, I think they tried to add, and I shouldn't say vocal for this guy, but I think like if I'm going unit by unit, I think Lake and Tomlinson was brought in to be nasty. Like I think they want him to be a little more aggressive on that line. Yeah. Um, in terms of vocal leaders on the offense, I think it's going to be Michael Carter. I think it's going to be Elijah Moore. Um, you know, I think Zach will be in that mix too, but I, I think sort of the playmakers that are more a little like razzle dazzle, those guys will kind of be vocal leaders on the defensive side. I think it's going to be, I think sauce, if he, if sauce can play well, I think he's a guy that's going to like be in people's faces. And I, I hope he hits every bit of the potential he has because it's going to be really fun to watch. And he's going to have a swagger about him. That is like, unlike anything we've seen since probably Broadway. Like, yeah. Well, you know, who's a sneaky um, vocal leader? is that uh, Jacob Martin from, you know, Ooh, the, the, the rotational choice. defensive end. Yeah. Well, when I look, when, when we signed him, I did a whole bunch of background on him so I could talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so dude, I mean, he's not only a guy like on the field rallying the troops or anything when the, the offense is on the field, he's standing up cheering on the offense. Like he, he's not, I mean, of course it's not every play, but that's the kind of guy he is. He's really positive. He's really uplifting with, come on, man. Like he's doing all that stuff. So I think he might rise to the top and be a vocal leader as well. Like for the emotional side. In that same vein. And I feel like that's the type of players that, that Joe Douglas is bringing in because I felt like Keelan Cole was that guy last year, like a, a vocal guy enjoyed going to practice like people liked working with him like i like i feel like you almost have those types of players i call them glue guys yes like keeps the team together you need them it's important may not be the starter but you need those kind of guys you do you dude and that's what they're talking about with character like if you you know like look there were guys like before we had herm edwards who focused on character but a lot of the times that actually was at the behest of talent, right? So we would, you know, like you got to still have the talent. But when you look at last year, how tumultuous it was, the 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 injuries, the bad press, how bad Zach was, there were, you know, the defense 32nd in the league. 
that's exactly the type of team that if Jamal Adams, Tremaine Johnson, Mm -hmm. if those guys were here, there would have been leaks all over the place. You know, all these negative stories about what Robert Sala really does. Robert Sala is sometimes caught sleeping at his desk. Like all mm-hmm. that stuff would have come out. But we heard, we heard nothing. We heard nothing of the sort because everybody we have here is high character. And that's mm-hmm. what it is. They, they don't crumble when the going gets tough. They actually put more work in. And that's, that's it. I think that's what's going to ultimately be what makes the difference. These guys that remain positive uh, through adversity. Yeah, look at all the freak like workout videos we're seeing of Carl Lawson and Zach Wilson and Denzel Mims and Makai Becton. Like all these guys that have had like negative stuff said against them or like, you know, question them. Like all these guys are coming back bigger and stronger. And I don't know. I think we're moving in the right direction. I think when you have that mentality and everyone's thinking the same way like that, it's a lot easier to go forward. It's like the talent will come. You'll figure it out. But like if everyone's driving the same way, makes things a lot easier. We are at the end of our show. I didn't even notice that. (laughs) I caught it. I looked up. I was like, oh, man. I just looked up. Uh, I was like, oh. Look at that. Do you have our winners from the first part of this stream as well? Let's yeah, let's I need uh, two more. Hold on. I'm grabbing them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. I need one more. What we're doing here. I'll do one more. The alias you said in his command to be of like does not exist. What is she talking about, Nightbot? Nightbot's a female, right? Um, Nightbot is female. I have no idea. It's a bot. It's like a like a night bot. It's a female bot, though. That's what I'm saying. It, it could be a female bot. Hey, Lab Mind, you got in the you got in the contest, my friend. There you go. See, <laughs> I like that. I like how they that hang works. around long a night, long a night, long enough, long a night. Yeah, long yeah, a night. yeah. Let me see, Edward Ziff. Don't go anywhere yet. He's saying good night. You're on the list. You're He's on the on shirt the list. list. Yeah. So Jets forever. It's a bunch of you guys on here. So don't go anywhere. Okay, Ryan, I'm done. All right. A little bit of odds and evens. Ooh, or do you want to do a little Rochambeau action? I don't know what that is, my friend. What's that mean? Rock, paper, scissors. Rochambeau? Is that what that's called? Rochambeau. I don't know. That's what my buddy calls it. I just call it that too. (laughs) Okay. All right. Rochambeau. Tell me what I got to do. All right, rock, paper, scissors. So it's going to be rock, paper, scissors. And then on the fourth one, you're throwing out whatever you got. All right, ready? Okay. Uh huh. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Aha, snip, snip. You got me. Okay. So what do we I do? Know. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't plan that well. <laughs> did we assign a numerical value? <laughs> didn't plan that one. Um, all, right. Uh, all right. Let's just do odds or evens. It's easier. Okay. Scratching off names. How do you scratch off a name with a win in rock, paper, scissors? That was stupid. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. All right. Three, two, one. Ooh, double evens. So that's even. So we'll take out Joe S. You're gone, buddy. Jets Chaos with Jeremy is gone. He's a guy I met in Richmond, Virginia today. Jin Pock, you're out. Jets Gang is gone. Sorry, Lab Mind is out. And that's it. Sorry, Lab Mind. I thought you were going to end up winning. I did. All right, let's do it again. I'm ready. All right, three, two, one. Oh, look at you. No, both ones. 
Double one. All, All right, right, so that's Let's even again. All right, Mark Orlando's gone. Jets forever, you're out, buddy. Uh, Paris is out. Okay, I got four more. Three. Ah, that's hilarious. <laughs> so Evans, Stud City, you're out. Twisted, you're out. We got we Mark Riz and Edward Ziff. It's the battle Ooh. for the ages. Ooh, Let's okay. Go. Throw first number we see in the chat after George Bazala. First number after that. And then three, two, one. That's so we got a five. Let's see what number pops up. What did you put up there? I had the wrong screen on. I had a four. You had a one. And it's a one. So it's a six. It's an even. Who gets it? So it's an even. Is that what you said? Oh, so Edward. Oh, no, no. Mark Riz. Whoa. Mark Riz. Just gifted 20 memberships. Holy shit, Mutt Viles. Look at this guy. He's out of control tonight. He's like (laughs) Oprah. You get a membership. You get a membership. You get a membership. Holy smokes. Look at everybody. Jets fan United, Daniel Murphy, Mark Orlando. Look at all you guys. So Great. Mark Riz, Mark Riz is the winner, Ryan. Mark Riz, Mark Riz. Good stuff. Oh, geez. Now I'm shooting chickens across the screen. I'm hitting my little keypad. I don't know what I did. There we go. All right, we're back. Oh, shit. Who was it? <laughs> Mark, Mark Riz. R-I-S, yeah. Mark Riz. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Reach out to me on social media, and I will get your information and send you a T-shirt. And thank you guys for hanging out with us. That was a lot of fun. No no, Matt O'Leary. We miss him. We'll see him next week. Um, And we'll see. If I'm a dad by this time next week, there probably won't be a show, so... Uh-huh. <laughs> just keeping well, that out there throwing that that's out there, right guys. all right, right our, our boy ryan's gonna be a daddy everybody oh it's coming soon <laughs> all right i'm excited for you green bean any last words for our panel uh yeah well i'm just letting everybody know in about 25 minutes we will be doing the after hours jets fest with oh, over on my channel green bean jets fan so come on over and hang out i'll also tell you june 9th I have Mike Westhoff coming on the Thursday Thick of It, which is going to be a good time too. So I'll, I'll make sure to keep you guys up to snuff on that information. But June 9th, Mike Westhoff, 25 minutes after hours, Jets Fest. Love it. Boys and girls, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. This is Jets Talk signing off. J-E-T-S.